Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children. And you know, when you're listening to this show, all of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. I'm Melanie Cole, and today I'm talking with Dr. Emily Frank. She's an assistant professor of pediatrics at UCSF and a public school teacher in Oakland. And we're talking about mentally preparing our children and ourselves for crowds. So what does that mean? Dr. Frank, I'm so glad you're joining us for this topic today. Mental health has been an epidemic. I mean, even before COVID, right? It, it was it was something we were dealing with, but COVID kind of just upped that ante with our teens, and it really is at epidemic proportions. I've seen it with my kids and their friends, and plus us adults are experiencing these things. One of the things that I have noticed is that because we were in lockdown, some of us got used to it and don't want to go back out into the public situation, certainly not big crowds, concerts, trains, restaurants, things. I'd like you to speak about what you have seen as far as mental health issues when it comes to that anxiety about learning about what we learned about you know, in COVID and and what you've seen as far as anxiety and disorders rising in our teens because of all of this. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I could not agree more that um, mental health challenges were an epidemic pre-COVID that have really exploded um, as we've gotten further into the COVID pandemic. The rates of depression and anxiety in young people, starting at very young ages, continuing you know, through teenage years, and as you mentioned, even adults, has skyrocketed. And some of this is, has skyrocketed to the point where there's much higher rates of eating disorders or suicide attempts or things requiring hospitalization. But there's also a lot happening that um, is not yet at the point of needing hospitalization. And I'm finding it very widespread amongst young people, both in the clinical settings that I work in, as well as in the schools that I work in. Um, In the clinics I work in, often this anxiety will show up um, as difficulty sleeping, as headaches, as stomach aches, um, as tics, as nausea. Um, And as, as we really sort of drill down and piece apart what's going on, often the root of it is feeling really anxious and oftentimes feeling anxious about school. In a classroom setting, this can look a lot of different ways. Um, It can often look like withdrawal, Um, heads down, uh, sitting far away from others, shutting down, fear of trying, students who used to be really vocal, maybe now just sort of quietly sitting. And so anxiety can look a lot of different ways, but it is very prevalent right now amongst young people. It certainly is. And, and I mean, I've done so many podcasts on this now that I, I'm seeing it all 
literally all over the country. And I think one of the things that I've found, which has really encouraged healthcare providers, it's one of the only very few positive things to come out of this pandemic, was it encouraged healthcare providers to be more creative and innovative. And as a result, telehealth has really burgeoned as this this great way to reach mental health professionals. But aside from that, now we have to ease back in. Kids are going back to school in person. You even said where you are, kids are back to school already. So what do we do? How can we as adults then be able to help our kids if we don't want to do those kinds of things that we always used to do? Great question. You know, and and during COVID, so much of school was happening on Zoom or other interfaces where you could um, turn your camera off, where you could turn your microphone off and where you could hide. And now young people are returning to the classroom and it's a lot harder to hide. Um, and so I think talking with your child or children about how are they feeling about going back to school, have them write down things they're worried about and also things that they're excited about. Sometimes just being able to name those things is really powerful and it's also really helpful for being able um, to problem solve. Um, it can be really helpful to start spending time around other people before returning to the classroom, especially if the young person hasn't spent time around many other people over the summer, it can be helpful to make a play date just to get used to being around others again. Um, also, helping a young person think about who is a trusted person at their school, maybe a trusted friend or a trusted adult, but someone they can reach out to if they're feeling stressed out. Helping them think about what can they do if they have a moment where they're feeling really overwhelmed. So for example, how might they be able to let their teacher know or a counselor at school or an administrator at school know how they're feeling or what they might need? For parents, knowing what supports exist at your child's school. Is there a counselor? Is there a nurse's office? Is there another trusted adult that your student can reach out to if they're feeling overwhelmed at school? Finally, we know that um, mindfulness activities are really powerful for many young people. So learning how to do deep breathing or brief meditations um, or having um, students have access to reminders or affirmations for themselves. Those can be really powerful things in those quick moments of panic to help calm the nerves and help young people be able to re-engage in learning. I'm gonna use all those tips myself because even as somebody who always considered myself a bit of an extrovert, it really turned me inward a lot. And so I know that that feeling of that it's closing in, everyone's a little too close and, you know, we're not masked or we are. I mean, I'm still masking at all my grocery stores and everywhere I go. But I mean, a lot of people aren't. So those were great tips and mindfulness, such an important point. So tell us what else you'd like us to know about that mental health prep that we need not only for crowds, but really for what 
the world is experiencing right now, Dr. Frank. So we've got our teenagers. They're hearing the news. Some of it is terrible. There's school shootings. There's things to be afraid of. There's climate change. There's all these things. But there's also really great things happening and gratitude and using all of those things to try and get us through. As we wrap up, I'd like you to give us your best advice as a school teacher and pediatrician and very knowledgeable lady about what you want us to tell our teens about all that's going on. And even our littler kids, age appropriate, but all that's going on and mental health and keeping that strong resilience gratitude, all of those things in hand so that we can prepare ourselves for whatever comes our way? I think one of the most important things is to acknowledge that people's mental health may not be okay. I think one of the hardest uh, mental health struggles for any age can be the need, feeling the need to hide it. And so being able to normalize, to talk about it, to let your child know that you are there to support them um, is a hugely important first step. Um, Another thing that's really important is recognizing that when you see atypical behaviors in your child, and maybe behaviors that you don't like, maybe opposition, maybe apathy, maybe unwillingness to socialize, Before feeling angry, before feeling upset, dig for the root. Is the root of that um, their way of of showing that they are struggling with their mental health? Um, And so I think that that step of acknowledging and offering support is absolutely paramount. Um, Having open conversations, being on the lookout for resources. As you mentioned, now that mental health has really come to the forefront as a crisis, a lot more resources are being directed towards this. Um, People might be able to find resources through their school sites, through after school programs, and of course, through their local pediatrician, there's ways to get connected to additional support. Finally, practicing some of those behaviors that can really help buoy mental health in the home can help make them into routines. So practicing breathing at home, practicing mindfulness together at home, practicing gratitude together at home, practicing naming feelings and sitting in those feelings together at home can help young people build lifelong routines to help buoy their mental health and especially help ease this transition that can be, at times, really overwhelming for young people. Wow, so beautifully said, Dr. Frank. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your incredible expertise for parents. What an important topic and a great informative podcast this was. Thank you again for joining us. And you know, listeners, you can you can listen on Spotify or iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, anywhere podcasts are played. We want you to listen at RadioMD.com and share this show on your social channels with your friends and your family because we are learning from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics. Pediatrics together. I'm Melanie Cole for Healthy Children and the AAP and Radio MD. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.